This is episode 111. What do I want to do professionally with Montana? Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Thank you again so much for listening. I want to thank those of you again who have left reviews of the show. It was really cool because I read a couple of the recent reviews and the people that left them listened. So I got an Instagram message like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for reading my review. And what I want to say is thank you so much for writing it. I'm so, so, so grateful for anyone who listens and especially those of you who take the time to go and review the show. Maybe I'll read some more reviews next week. So I am back home. I just got home from Paris late last night and I was there speaking and it was a really amazing event. I was brought over to speak to a group of luxury five-star wedding planners and event planners. And they originally brought me over to speak about millennials and dealing with different generations because a lot of event planners, they're hiring millennials or their clients are millennials. And that's one of my areas of expertise. But as I was talking to the woman who hired me and kind of getting a feel for the event, I thought, hmm, so usually people in the event planning or wedding planning or any kind of service-based business are very good at taking care of other people. And often what I notice about people who have these kinds of jobs is they become so good at taking care of other people and often identify as people pleasers that they're last on the list. (laughs) Their self-care is usually not so great. So I asked the event planner, hey, can I um, talk about the millennial thing, but do you mind if I also do some personal development work? And she was like, well, I don't know, but we had a couple conversations and eventually it was a yes. And I'm so, so glad that that's the direction we went with the talk because it was awesome to see how open everyone was to look at themselves. You know, they all admitted, well, I don't want to say all, most of them admitted that, you know, they're so, so good at their jobs and so, so good at other people. But when it comes to themselves, they're not often a priority. And I talked to them about how our self-care tank is not like our gas tank and we can't let it go all the way to empty and then eventually refuel ourselves. The other thing that so many of them identified with, because I shared my story about how my compensatory strategy, you know, the way I made up for where I felt less than in life was to become a high achiever, an overachiever. And so many of them related to that as well. And when we are that overachiever, we consistently look in when thens. We are waiting for something in the future to make us feel confident, to make us feel better about ourselves, to make us feel like we matter. When I get this job, then I'll feel confident. When I figure out what to do professionally, then I'll finally feel fulfilled. When I get in this relationship, then I'll feel loved. When I lose 20 pounds, then I'll feel beautiful. And I want to encourage all of you right now of two things. Number one, up your self-care. If your self-care is on low, if it's on empty, you can't just keep depleting it and then just fill it up one weekend with a massage and maybe eight hours of sleep. You have to consistently keep your self-care tank full 
and make yourself a priority because you actually will have more to give. It's totally backwards to think that giving and giving and giving and giving and giving is the best way to give. (laughs) It's not. When we're full, when we are making self-honoring choices, when we are our best self, we are better to others. Otherwise, we're just running on fumes. And although it may be effective, it's not effective at our highest, highest level. And the second thing is to live in the now, to not wait for something in the future to make you feel a certain way. In other words, stop when then in your life. Get rid of the if thens, when thens, and live in the now. And this brings me to my session today with Montana. She calls in because she has some questions about what to do with herself professionally. She's not feeling confident and thinks that once she figures out what she wants to do professionally, then she'll feel confident. Or if she feels confident, then she'll figure out what she wants to do professionally. She's living in when men's. And what we really got to in this call was first how to get her in the present moment because she's in a certain season of her life. And second, how to start exploring what she wants to do professionally that doesn't have anything to do with sitting around and trying to quote unquote, figure it out. And before we get to the coaching session, I have another really awesome sponsor and you're going to love this, especially ladies, because Fall has arrived and boot season has arrived. I love boot season. And if you're still trekking to the mall to shop for your favorite styles, maybe it's time to get out of the 90s and get online. You can be trendy and stylish without even having to leave your house. You don't have to go to the mall and deal with parking. You can go to justfab.com. So millions of women say that Just Fab is their go-to site to see what's new and trending in boots, shoes, clothing, and accessories. When you visit the site for the first time, you're given a style quiz. We all love those quizzes. After taking it, Just Fab personalizes your shopping experience so your favorite styles will rise straight to the top. Has a store in the mall ever done that for you? You can shop as a guest or you can become a VIP. Spoiler alert, Becoming a VIP is by far the best way to shop because VIPs save up to 30% on retail price and gain access to tons of other exclusive perks. I signed up as a VIP and found everything I needed. It was so easy and so much fun to shop. To keep all these benefits, Just Fab just charges a $40 shopping credit to my account per month that I can use for anything on the site. But guess what? If I don't feel like shopping that month, I just click the skip button and my card doesn't get charged. Not a bad deal for 30% off every purchase. You'll love being a VIP member. And here is the awesome offer to my amazing listeners. Go to justfab.com, J-U-S-T-F-A-B.com slash over it and sign up as a VIP and you'll get your first style for as low as $10. You heard that right. Just go to justfab.com slash over it to get your first style for as low as $10. I will also put that in the show notes. And now on to my call with Montana. Montana, welcome to the call. What's your question? Hi, Christine. So I'm not exactly sure my question, but it has to do with, um, I think it has to do with perfectionism and, and confidence. And so I am a new mom. My daughter is five weeks old and I am, I made an agreement with my husband. I'm going to be staying home for the next year while he works. And I think I'm trying to think about what I want to do professionally going forward. And I'm just not sure anymore. I feel like I'm kind of in a new place in my life. And, you know, the things I've done before don't feel fulfilling, but I think I'm having a lot of confidence issues coming up. So I'm not sure how to navigate them. Okay. How old is your daughter now? 
She's only five weeks. <laughs> okay. And why are you thinking about this now? Because it's something that I've always struggled with, like what to do professionally. And mm-hmm. it's just something that I always think about. Okay. So yeah. before your daughter was born, what were you doing professionally? Um, the last thing that I had done was I was working at a, as a costume PA for a, a TV show. Okay. And be- kind of before that, kind of describe to me your career track. What have you been doing? Okay. Um, so I had gone to school for accessory design, which is uh, handbag design. Um, I kind of knew like my second year in that I wasn't crazy about doing it, but I did it anyway. And then after that, I worked in textiles and then I did, I kind of just stayed in fashion basically. And I wound up in like product development. And then I heard about uh, working in costumes and I thought that would feel differently, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of how that path came about. I never really changed it, I guess. So when you say you've always been struggling with it, have you always been struggling with career uncertainty or have you always been struggling with confidence issues? Well, I think they're both related. Yeah, I think both, really. Well, you weren't struggling with career issues when you were a teenager. So has confidence been a theme throughout your life? I guess so. Like, I'm really good at starting things, but I'm not good at committing. Like, uh, I'm good at that personally, like in my personal life. Professionally, I'm not good at, like, commitment, you know, artistically or, or just in, like, in my career path. And how do you know you're not good at commitment? I feel like because I haven't found that thing where I feel like so excited to get up every day and do it. And, and so I keep switching things. Why does that mean you're not good at commitment? Why are you making it mean that? I guess because I feel like by now I should have figured out what it is. Like, oh, I guess I, maybe I have an expectation <laughs> hangover about this. <laughs> Sounds like you're shitting all over yourself. Yeah, I guess so. Because generally people that have problems with commitments have problems with commitment. You know, they don't, mm-hmm. they aren't in long-term relationship. They aren't in long-term friendships. They don't keep their word. It doesn't compartmentalize usually to one area of life. Mm-hmm. I guess I am good at commitment in my life. Like I'm, I'm married. I moved to LA. I, you know, I have a daughter. Like I feel really great about all those decisions. Beautiful. Beautiful. And how did you know that you wanted to marry the person you married? Um... Hmm. It just felt great. Like he just, he was a great guy. He was, he was just all the things I ever wanted for someone. Like, and I don't know, it just was a surprise really. Like it just felt right. It's hard to explain, I guess. And was he the first person you ever dated? No. Did you have to date a lot of people that you didn't commit to for the long term to find him? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And why yeah. do you think the career path wouldn't be similar? Um, I guess I just, I just want to, I just want to be in, in that place by now. I, I just, it is a hangover. I know it is. It just, I, I so long to like feel this passion for what I'm doing. And I, and I feel like I try so hard to look for things and try things. And I'm like, I've, you know, I've tried a lot of different things and I just, it's just like, is it, I feel like, is it me? Like, it, why can't I find, like, my husband does something that he's really happy with, and I guess I wish I could find something that I felt that way about. What made you decide to have a child? Who I can uh, hear just, cooing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just my husband and I, I guess we were just in that place. We felt it was the right time. Just We just are in love and just felt like the right thing to do. 
Are you passionate about it? Of course, yeah. Right, so this is your job right now. She's only five weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering what what good it's really doing you or your daughter or your husband to be investing a lot of mental energy into thinking about something that kind of keeps you spinning and makes you criticize yourself. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it's a waste of my energy. It's just hard to not think about it. I've always thought about it, and I guess well, like, but, I don't know how to shut it off. But you've always thought about it, and it hasn't given you any answers. Right. So obviously no, thinking about it isn't giving you clarity. And it sounds like, you know, we all, we all have different paths and we all have different lessons. And some people find something they're really passionate right, about right away. Some people find their passion in being a parent volunteering, the stuff kind of outside of work. And some people have a process of elimination where it's, it's a bunch of things and then they come to something or some people like me go through a really rough time and your passion is born out of that. Mm -hmm. But I think there has to be acceptance. You know, I've talked a lot on this show about the season of life that we're in and there might need to be some acceptance of the season of life that you're in. And if you, the best way to attract more things that you're passionate about is to be passionate about the way your life is right now. Okay. And if one part of you is so happy being a mom, but the other part of you is seeking something career-wise and shooting all over yourself and your minds in the future, then you're not really all in. And you're at the very, very, very beginning of your relationship with your daughter and motherhood. Very important time. I'm not saying that you need to forget about yourself and your passions, but are you planning on going back to work tomorrow? No. Are you planning on going back to work in a month? No. When were you thinking of going back to work? Uh, I think we both kind of thought it would be like a year or so. Awesome. So you've got basically a year. Okay. I guess it just makes me nervous to think that that's just what I'm going to be doing for the next year. I don't know why it makes me so nervous. What are you going to be doing for the next year? Just being home and raising my daughter and not thinking about my own career. Right. But it's not that you're not thinking about your own career. It's that you're being home, you're raising your daughter, you're in the moment, you become so passionate and happy about your life. And then you you open yourself up to any ideas or meetings or people or aha moments. See, in the thinking about it and the trying to figure it out and the absence of any experience, it's just going to cause you to worry and stress. It's really mm-hmm. not going to get you anywhere. Okay. But in this time, one thing you could do when your daughter is a little older, maybe a month, a couple months or something, is you could start setting up informational interviews with people of different fields, start collecting information and allow yourself to be curious. I talked about this in one of the podcasts recently, when there's great uncertainty, figuring it out isn't the way to go. Curiosity is a much better energy to move into, to be curious about what's going to come next. Or what insights you may have. So my question too is, 
where's all this pressure coming from that you're putting on yourself? This pressure that you should be farther along than you are. I guess I've always been really hard on myself. It's nothing new. It's just, I guess, feeling this feeling like I have to have it all together all the time. Well, you haven't always been that way. You weren't born that way. So when did this develop? I mean, I guess, you know, growing up, I grew up, like, my dad was always very hard on, like, not very hard on me, but uh, I think all the things that I feel like I've I've tried, like, I feel like they were never met with, like, encouragement. It was always criticism. So, I, I like, I criticize myself every time I think about starting something new. Like, I, I kind of envision it until failure. And then I either I start and I stop or I don't start at all because I'm in that, like, stuck in that brainstorming phase. Right. So is that really you or is that no, learned behavior? Right. Where does that come from? And, yeah, it comes from, from my, my parents, I guess. Right. So something that's so key for children is to feel like their parents are proud of them and to mm-hmm. feel like they have validation. And so my suspicion here is that you're really not looking for this job to be passionate about. You're more looking for something that can make you feel like you're making your parents proud or that you're going to get validation, hmm. that you've finally done something that's quote unquote enough. Yeah, that resonates. <sighs> yeah. How does that resonate? Tell me what you're thinking or feeling. I guess I, I, I've worked through this a lot, uh, in my past. And I guess I, not that I thought it went away. I just kind of thought it was more about at this phase about just making myself proud and not really making them proud anymore. I guess it just hasn't completely gone away. Cause I don't really feel like I'm looking for validation from them anymore, but I guess it's still ingrained in me a little bit. Well, growing up you isn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it. Yeah, I, guess I just feel like it's it's me looking for validation within myself. Right, but that you internalized. See, you um, equated love with validation and pride with validation, and so you're seeking your own self love and self acceptance through doing something that you feel will validate you. So you're just mm-hmm. internalizing the the p- relationship you had with your parents inside yourself. And you don't okay. want to make yeah, your own self-love conditional. You really don't want to make your own self-love conditional at all. You want to be proud of every job that you've had and every decision that you've made. And know that you're enough without that. Right. I kind of look at the past. Like, they, I made all these mistakes. Like, I should have done all these other things. And, and like, kind of looking at it, like, regretfully instead of, being proud of it. Mm. What do you judge as a mistake? What do I judge as a mistake? Mm-hmm. Um, just like not being more focused in school or, or not like following my intuition and, you know, doing something else or just kind of being afraid to like do what I wanted to do instead of just kind of I don't know. I guess I felt like I wasn't like courageous enough. 
Well, I can understand why you might not have been courageous enough because if you always felt like you were trying to make your parents proud, if you always felt like their approval of you was a little conditional, then trusting yourself probably was hard. Mm -hmm. And, and whenever we have that much sort of restriction and constriction, and we're trying so hard to be good and do the right thing, there's another side of us that's trying to balance it out and we'll try to rebel. And we'll be like, screw it. I don't care. Yeah. And if you've listened to the show, you've heard me talk about regret and how regret is such a waste of time and energy because we can't get back time, but we can learn from it. We can learn from it. And probably part of the reason why it was hard for you to take risks or make certain choices is because you were so terrified of failure. So maybe you played it safe sometimes too. Yeah. But the way you're going about this, Montana, with the extreme amount of self-criticism and the trying to figure it out is going to get you nowhere because what you're really after is a feeling of self-acceptance and self-validation and like what you're doing is enough and that you matter. And a job's not going to fix that. That's really between you and you. So it's beautiful about the timing right now is that you've got this little being who is totally going to teach you about unconditional love. <laughs> I mean, she's in your arms right now. Yeah. Yeah. Just look at her. And what do you feel when you yeah. look at her? Just overwhelming love right. and kindness. Yeah. Acceptance. I feel so, I feel like I just love her for who she is. Like, I don't even really know exactly who she is yet, but Mm -hmm. as I'm getting to know her, I just, I love her so much. And yeah. So let her be your teacher in this time because the way you're feeling towards her is the way you need to feel towards yourself with the way you long to feel towards yourself. And a lot of times the universe kind of keeps things out of reach that we think are quote unquote, the answer until we learn how to generate the feelings we think that thing is going to give us. And it's not because we're being punished or anything like that. It's because we're actually not in vibrational alignment with them. If you are not feeling self-acceptance and validation and passion for you and your life, the way it is right now, it's hard to attract a job that's in vibrational alignment with that. Yeah. And when you're constantly criticizing yourself and being hard on yourself, it's hard to hear your intuition and your inner guidance about what you truly want to do. That makes sense. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. So how can you go about this in a different way based on what we've talked about so far? Um, I think I just can just try to start letting go of, of, of obsessing about like planning this, future career path for myself and and just be more in the moment and just be grateful for where I am right now and stop like looking to the past and looking to the future for what I didn't or shouldn't have done or should do in the future and just kind of just, you know, be with my daughter and and learn from her and, and just take each day as it comes. 
Right. And what can you do to start generating the feelings of pride and validation? Um, I'll give you an idea. Okay. Every night, instead of like a gratitude journal, every night I just want you to write down three things that you're proud of yourself for or that you acknowledge yourself for. Okay. So like do that. I'm proud of myself for having the courage to call into Christine's podcast. I acknowledge myself for being honest and vulnerable. I'm proud of the way that I was a mom today. Proud of the way I speak was so kind to my husband after he had a hard day. I acknowledge myself for my willingness to be in the present moment, like whatever it is. Okay. Because you're living in that when then, like when I find a career that I'm happy about, then I'll feel proud of myself. Then I'll feel confident. Then I'll feel X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is this making sense? Um, well, I can definitely do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're also going to add, you know, being curious, being curious about new opportunities. You may a year from now be doing something you never dreamed in a million years of doing, but it's not going to, mm-hmm. you're not going to be sitting on the couch thinking about it and then be like, Oh, aha, I know what I'm going to do. It's going to come through experiences. It's going to come through intuition. It's going to come through conversations. It can come through insights you have by doing informational interviews with people in different fields. You can be curious. But in your curiosity, don't be jealous and don't compare yourself. If you okay. talk to people about their careers, get excited about how much they love it and, and keep an abundance mindset. Don't go like, oh, this person's three years younger than me or five years younger than me and they're already so much farther ahead. Don't go into comparison. Okay. I love that. Does this give you some direction? Yeah, this is really helpful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Any other questions? No, I think I think this is a great place to start. You know, she's so young and, and I just I'm glad that these are some things I can begin now and, and try to just implement as she grows up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all this mothering energy that you have so much access to now, remember to turn it on yourself and just notice as she's growing, how she just is naturally going to become curious about things and model that same kind of curiosity. Okay. And keep up with the pride and self-acknowledgement. <laughs> okay, I will. I definitely will. Sounds like we're wrapping up at the perfect time. <laughs> yes, she's stirring. <laughs> All right, you. my love. Well, go be a mom and thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. So that was the first call that I've had a baby on. It was so sweet to hear her little five-week-old daughter cooing in the background. I hope you guys could hear that when you listen to it. It was it was really, really precious to hear. And the first thing I, I want to just point out is we all have seasons in our life. And I think that because our mind has this amazing ability to time travel to the past and the future, we miss out on the present moment a lot. That's when those when-thens become so toxic. We are so thinking about what's next that we are forgetting about what's now. And all of you are in a certain season in your life. 
Some of you are in your 20s and you're just starting out. Some of you are new parents. Some of you are in your 40s and you're in the time of your life where your career is really maturing. Some of you are in your 50s or 60s where you're more about leaving your legacy or you're starting something new. Some of you maybe have just gone through a breakup and so you're in a season of your life where it's really hard to motivate to do something. Or you might have just gone through a major expectation hangover or something awesome just happened and you have a lot of momentum. We're never all in the same place at the same time. And we're never in the same place throughout our life. We have these seasons. And so for Montana, she's in a very special season. That daughter of hers is never going to be five weeks old again. And so she has this opportunity to be really, 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 really present. Because that's one of the things that I hear from a lot of parents, especially parents who have grown children, is I wish I would have been more present. I wish I would have caught more of those moments. And when our mind is in the future and and her mind is in the future, whenever she's in a figuring out mode, she's not in the present and she's not honoring the season of the life that she's in. So I encourage all of you to really consider what season are you in and can you honor being in that season? And maybe it's a, it's a winter season when things are dark and cold and you're in an expectation hangover. Even that's a beautiful season because there's amazing, amazing gold that you can mine for. Get Expectation Hangover, my last book, and get some help with it. It it won't be forever, but if you really look for the gold in whatever season you're in and try not to get out of it too quickly, not only will you really leverage all the learning opportunities, but you'll have a greater appreciation for the next season that you're in. So let's unpack this call with Montana a little bit. So the first thing I really challenged her on was that she's not good at committing to things. That really wasn't the issue. This was more about self-doubt. She can commit to things. So uh, a lot of times what I notice with people, myself included, and people I coach is what they think the problem is, is not actually the problem. <laughs> so she thinks that she has trouble committing to things, but that's not really what it was at all. It was more about she had confidence issues. And that came from her parenting. That came from feeling criticized. That came from feeling like if she made the wrong choice or anything that she did is going to be super, super criticized. So of course she doesn't want to take a risk. Of course she doesn't want to try and go out and do something. And of course she's kind of just chosen jobs that weren't big risks because She's afraid of criticism, not so much of her parents anymore, but her own self-criticism. It's really hard to, to make a choice or the clarity when we have this fierce, intense inner critic because it's like anything we do, we're, we're not allowed to really do it without this massive criticism coming forward. So from my point of view, her self-judgment, her self-criticism was stopping her more than anything else was. And the other thing that was definitely stopping her was thinking that sitting around and just trying to quote unquote figure it out was going to give her clarity. I have never encountered anyone who has gotten clarity by thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking. It's not the way we get clarity. We get clarity when we stop thinking about it and then our intuition has the opportunity to finally drop something in because our mind quiets down. Or we make little choices, we try different things, and then we get feedback. Like I asked her, was your husband the first person you ever dated? She said no, dated a lot of people, eventually settled on him. So she's had a lot of jobs that she wasn't passionate about, just like she's dated a lot of men that she didn't marry. Sometimes for a lot of people, finding what you love to do is a process of elimination. And some of us wake up knowing what our passion is, some don't, some it comes from hard times like I shared. 
But the th- sitting around and thinking that you're just going to figure it out is not going to do it. What you can do, and this is what I encourage her to do, is be more curious. So one of the ideas that I gave her was to do informational interviews and to talk to different people and be curious with the caveat that as you're talking to other people and doing informational interviews, don't be jealous. Don't compare yourself. Don't go into a scarcity mindset. Get excited about the information. Get excited about the possibilities. Don't go into jealousy or comparison land. Okay, and some takeaways for you. This was another thing that I encouraged Montana to do. If you're very self-critical, if you're having trouble making a decision for fear of judgment, judgment from yourself or others, you really want to reinforce being proud of yourself. And if you had an overly critical parent or parents and you really didn't hear a lot of, I'm proud of you, you did great, you really need to reinforce that feeling of pride within you. So every night, write down three things you want to acknowledge yourself for. Be that inner parent that's like, you did awesome today. I love the way you accepted that compliment. I love the way you caught yourself when you were getting frustrated at at your daughter today and you readjusted. I love the way you forgave yourself for something. I love the way that you you spoke up at that meeting. You raised your hand instead of playing small. Whatever the examples are, write them down. Another takeaway is to do informational interviews. If you are confused about what to do professionally, this is something I instruct a lot of people to do that don't know what they want to do with their life, is to just reach out to a bunch of different people in a bunch of different industries and say, hey, I'm not looking for any kind of job. I'm not looking for you to look at my resume. I'm not looking for you to do me any favors. I just want to interview you about your career path and your life. It'll take 15 minutes. I can send you the questions beforehand if you want to review them. And again, I'm not asking for anything. And I know your time is valuable. So I'll I'll limit it to 15 minutes. And people love getting this request, you know, because everybody loves to talk about themselves. And a lot of times people aren't asked that question. So think about your network, look on LinkedIn, think about who you know that can introduce you to people and do a wide variety of informational interviews. Another thing you might want to do is if you go to the um, shop section of my page on christinehaster.com, I have a career course called What Do I Want to Do With My Life? So we'll make sure to link that up in the show notes as well. It's a great course. It's it's all online. It's all written material. And there's some great exercises that could give you clarity there. And finally, enjoy the season you're in. Be in the freaking present moment because it goes by in an instant. So leverage everything you can from this current season. Don't be in such a hurry to get there. Stop living in the when thens and focus on the what nows. And if you missed my coach's corner last Saturday, I did an episode on making decisions. I know that's something that a lot of you struggle with and I'd love to support you with that. So go back and listen to coach's corner. I give you a lot of tips and I give you two powerful exercises you can do to become a better decision maker. So go back and listen to that one. All right, everybody, sending you so much love and many blessings. If you want to be coached on the show, email assist at christinehassler.com. Until next week. 
I'm Allie Hilfiger. And I'm Steve Hash. And we're the hosts of Sit-In on Podcast One. Join us as we travel around the world visiting creative people in their homes, studios, and the places they work to discuss their story, process, and basically everything in between. We're sitting down with the biggest names in the world of fashion, art, and music like Tommy Hilfiger, Gigi Hadid, Brian Adams, Martin Lawrence Ballard, and Zana Roberts. Check out new episodes of Sit-In every week exclusively on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.